Welcome to a football show, Monday edition. Hope everybody's having a, a good Monday so far. Obviously, happy Easter to everybody out there, those of you who celebrate it. Uh, and of course, we've got lots of stuff to do today on the show. My name's Braden Gall. His name is Zach Lyons. Zach, how are you, sir, on this Monday? Uh, doing really great. I don't name search like Darnell Wright, uh, we, as we were talking off air, and my S2 scores are not as low as CJ Stroud. Uh, but are they as good as Will Levis? Because apparently, I don't Will know. Levis... I've, I've been trying to get Mike to get us to do like a on <laughs> on site podcast where we interview the guys and we actually take the test to see. <laughs> I would love good, to though, at those kind of things. I would love to watch everyone in the media, in Nashville media, take the S two test. Of course, yeah, Will Levis a ninety three, one of the best tests ever. Uh, of course, out there, uh, uh, and, and of course, he's meeting with the Titans. We've got lots of stuff to get to today. Um, I. I I, we might just do this every episode of the of this show from here on out. Zach's random draft musings. There's always certain things that are bouncing around in the, in the old noggin there. So we'll end it. We'll end every show with sort of here's some random draft thoughts for you guys as we get closer and closer to the after actual draft time. Um, could this be the most unpredictable draft in, in sort of modern NFL draft history? Whatever that means for you. Um, and is that a good thing or a bad thing for the Titans? Does it help the Titans that this could be completely? bonkers in the top 10 top 15 picks does that help the titans does it hurt the titans um what does mortgage the future actually mean i think people are maybe misunderstanding that but i do think there is a healthy debate right now um with now potentially new rumors about the cardinals in the third pick so we'll get into that today obviously we will be spending the vast majority of the show and the first half of the show talking about jeffrey simmons the new contract what does it mean and all things Titans defensive line, salary cap. Of course, there's a, there's a tentacle or two that I know Zach doesn't want to talk about, but we'll have to do it. We'll have to do it. Um, otherwise, let's say thank you to our great sponsors, the Kingston Group and Sinkers. The Kingston Group, buildkg.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Uh, make sure you talk. give them a call. Just talk to them before you make any big decisions about your house. We promise, I promise you, they will help you out. I had my, my sister and brother-in-law are doing a, on a renovation on their condo. Uh, it's, it's kind of a smaller renovation. They didn't really, they wanted some advice on it. They called the Kingston group. The Kingston group said, look, this isn't exactly what we can help you with, but here's who can. And they gave them totally oh, that great. Was nice. This is how you do it. Like, this is what they are for. They are trying to help people get their goals accomplished, whether they benefit or not, which is what makes them a good upstanding member of our community. Uh, make sure you check out the Kingston group, of course. And you know what? The Kingston group are also big time supporters of our kids, which is a charity that I've been a part of for almost 10 years. They, they help with sexually abused children in Tennessee. And for those that don't know, children are probably our most important asset. Zach, you okay with that? Calling children our most important asset? Sure. Whatever in, that in, means. In our community. I mean, the most, money the most important is more important, a more important asset, but, you know. Whatever. I don't know. Children are the most important thing in our community, in my opinion. That's my, that's, I don't think that's a controversial take. It's not a hot take. Uh, but Sinkers is putting their money where their mouth is as well, along with 440 in a football show. Uh, Zach, you and I, of course, are going to be doing Sinkers, the defending champion, 2022 Nashville scene, best of best liquor store in the city. They got a location in East Nashville, a location, of course, called Bluegrass up in Hendersonville. So check them both out. Defending best liquor store in the city. They're putting on a draft party. We are down to 17 tickets left for this draft party. The link will be in the YouTube show notes. So you can go check that out. If you want access to the tickets, let us know. We're keeping it just within the show here. We're not posting it out on the socials. We're just keeping it within the show. We want a good crowd. We're going to do some really cool giveaways, some trivia competitions. Uh, we're going to do a live stream when the Titans go on the clock. We'll do a Q&A, private Q&A, after the Titans make their pick, of course, so that when you're there, you a get private access. private Q&A. I you get all of that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm learning at the same time as the audiences <laughs> that I am being forced to do a private question and answer section. Yeah, we listen. The people want your takes. And we need to make sure that those who buy the tickets and support our kids, because all the money goes to charity, all you can eat, all you can drink, brought to you by Sinkers. We're going to be at their their event space in Wedgwood, Houston. Zach's going to... an important asset, more important than kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Gotta have food to live. Yeah, Zach will answer all of your questions. And here's another... So, again, and sign up... tons of parenting advice. <laughs> Obviously. With all the experience he has, yes. uh, go to Sinker, sign up for the in crowd. Here's an example of why you sign up for the in crowd. Not only are we having really cool giveaways, exclusive parties, uh, distillery tours, all kinds of cool stuff. But so here I'm signed up for the in crowd. I get an email. I get an email on uh, like th Thursday of, or Friday of last week. It says, look, we got this special edition. Uh, we got this special edition Bernheim original uh, barrel proof right there. So if you can see it, 118 proof. 
There are 10 bottles of these in the state of Tennessee. 10 bottles. And, and there's one I, in your hand. And there's one in my... Yet, how did that happen, Zach? Yeah, Sinkers, baby. crowd. Sinkers. I got the email. They said, look, you're one of our best customers. You're in the crowd. We're going to... We're going to... We've got... We've got these available. Why don't you come on by? You can pick it up before a certain time or date. I went on by. I said, what do you guys think? Is it good? And he's like, are, are you kidding? There's only 10 of them. You got to buy one. I said, okay. And I had a good, I had a nice bottle of bourbon there for, for Easter. So there you go. That's why you sign up for the in crowd. You get cool stuff. That's there you go. It. I like it. It's good <laughs> advertisement. Um, and again, we'll put the, t- the link to buy tickets um, in the show notes for YouTube. And, and if I can figure out somehow to drop it in the chat today, I'll, I'll try to do it. Um, okay. Let's get to Jeffrey Simmons. F- reportedly, four years, $94 million, $24 million signing bonus, $66 million guaranteed. We don't have all the details yet. Yeah, but to- Zach- Total guarantees. Total and typically, a lot of this stuff lately has been like, oh, you got up to $66 million to guarantee. Now, there's no up to, and we know that Teron Davenport is getting this information from the agent because the agent did a really cool thing uh, and basically said, you know, Teron's been a, been a big supporter of mine. We've always had a mutual respect. That's why I went to Teron first and not to the big guys and gave him the story. I thought that was really cool. So much props to Tehran for breaking the story. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what is actually fully guaranteed. You know, Mike, when the, the big announcement and how it all went down uh, with the little trolling, because I saw the dot, dot, dot. And I was like, well, I'm obviously not going to be able to go walking the the, the pups because <laughs> yeah, the news is about to go down one way or the other. And then I'm, as I'm typing, you know, this dot, dot, dot makes me think that he's just trolling everybody. Sure enough, he was. Um, but <laughs> I could put out in between that, or I guess when the deal became official, that um, do you think it's going to be over under $100 million total value, over under, uh, I think he said $50 million fully guaranteed, which was really low, but yeah. I did under and over. Because that's what I've been saying this whole time. That's what it's going to be. I've been saying... It's not going to be $100 million. And I know, like, I'm just parsing, like, $6 million worth of stuff, but it is what it is, right? I mean, like, that's it's his yeah. value. And I'm not surprised that this is what it came in at. I am surprised about the signing bonus and how low it is. I think that is way a lot lower than what I would have done. And I am a little surprised that the... Well, we'll see about the fully guaranteed. I, I think it'll be $61 million fully guaranteed. So, so again, lots of details still yet to be decided, which does sort of give you a better sense of what it is. But right now, Jeffrey Simmons, the best player on their football team, will be signed through 2027, four more years on top of this one coming up in 2023. He'll be 30 years old when that, that contract runs out. Um, and again, I think there's there's certain players and you know we'll, we'll get to the wide receiver later on at the very end of this conversation because it's not relevant, but There are certain pieces you have to build your football team around, and Jeffrey Simmons, to me, has always been one of them. I think this deal came in under what I expected it to be, just in in general, across across all the different levers and and boards. Um, I I do think it's critically important that they got it done before, let's say, Quentin Williams got his deal done. There's a couple of other defensive tackles that are going to come on behind him. Totally shocking, though, that it got done now. I yes, am before I, the that draft. Is, to yeah. me, that is the most shocking part of this entire situation is they got it done before June and July, and I'm with you. It, De- no Dexter Lawrence extension yet. No Quentin Williams extension yet. Suck it, New York Giants, and suck it, New York Jets. The city of New York got put on notice by Nashville, or this the state of New York. They're just going to have to pay a little bit more, even if those guys are – you know, as good, maybe not as good, whatever you think about him relative to Jeffrey Simmons, the markets has been reset by Jeffrey Simmons, Aaron Donald, notwithstanding on a different kind of deal, but basically the market's been reset with this contract for defensive tackles. And there's a couple guys that are going to need some money soon. And to get yours done first, I think this is why there's to me, this is a all win here for Rand Carthon and, mm-hmm. and Simmons gets his money. The deal is done before the draft. So you can focus on what your team looks like on what your board looks like, prioritize the players that you want. You get it done before other defensive tackles reset the market and continue to add dollars to the defensive tackle market and contracts in general. Um, it's a, probably a little bit more friendly than we expected it to be. Uh, I expected it to be a hundred million at least. It's a, it's a, it, it. I just think all the way around, it's it's a huge boost for for Jeffrey Simmons' bank account. 
but it is a stabilizing factor. It's a huge boost for Amy Adams Strunk kind of puffing out a little bit and saying, look what we can do. We can pay the players that we want to pay, if that's in fact what they did. Um, it just sort of quiets down the, the fans' concerns after the A.J. Brown oh, stuff. Shit. I, well, I mean, I guess in that situation, yes, but there is a there is one fan, and we're going to talk about it in football, and other efforts, but we won't talk about it here. There is one fan, Nick Vinson, who is all up in my mentions, and then when I go and click his profile and go to like his tweets and replies – he is just on every tweet that is that is applauding this contract, just talking every one of them. I mean, like you're talking from fans to Jim Wyatt and Teron Davenport. He's on every one of them complaining about how this deal prevents the Titans from investing in the offense. So okay. we're talking about football. We're, we're, well, and we're gonna and we're cool. gonna get to that argument on. Yes, and we're going to get on today's show sort of some of, like you said, the shockwave here of Big big Jeff's contract. There is a conversation because um, – This Lamar to Jackson, be had, Odell but, Beckham thing. Ooh. But, like, first and foremost, is this not just a huge W across the board for Ran, Amy, Titans, Titans defense, fan base, uh, franchise, player, agent, Tehran, like, like – and Teron didn't. Teron doesn't get credit for breaking the story necessarily. He gets credit for building a good relationship with yeah. someone, and and that well, is he gets what credit being, for breaking the story, right? right? I mean, like sure, he broke but, it. right? That's not. I, I, that doesn't come out the way I meant it. I, what I mean is, is that you break, you get to break the story because you've built a good relationship yeah. with someone, and that is what reporting is. And so, right. congratulations to Teron for doing a great job of reporting, and that even everybody wins on this. I can't think of somebody who does not win in this situation, unless you can I, tell me. I, I still, I have to see the fully guaranteed money, but I still think that there is six, there was, there was money left over in the, in the signing bonus. I think there was money on the table that could have been gotten and it wouldn't have affected your APY, APY because you're just taking money of base salary somewhere else and added into that or whatever. So to me is like, I was a little underwhelmed by this signing bonus. Not surprised by the the ninety five million dollars, the the slightly under uh, twenty four APY. I just I thought there there's some meat on the bone. Like there was some there's some meat on the bone. Uh, Tim says, "Do you guys think that income tax had anything to do with Big Jeff's numbers? It was slightly lower than I thought." By the way, Tim, can't wait to see you on draft night along with. Adam and Elliot and Jason and Stoney and Joe. We got a lot of fun people coming to the show already. Again, check out the link in all the YouTube show notes for Sinkers 440 Draft Party for a football show. We're going to be live at their event space, just 25 of us, catered by Jaspers, open bar, trivia giveaways. It's going to be a fun night, man. It's just going to be a good time. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Titanic says Big Jeff technically broke, broke the story. I guess that uh, – whatever. That, that, I, I guess, but um, – I want. We'll get to the the income. It's a tax hater in. comment. I don't like that comment. <laughs> we'll get I like to the Titanic, but I did not like that comment. We'll get to the income tax, but you mentioned the the reaction here. And uh, for, first of all, like it's what does this do for the the other things that they need? How does it affect draft strategy? How does it affect building the team? How does it does it affect anything else in your opinion? No, it doesn't in terms affect of anything. Like right? I mean, like what. None, nothing that anybody was really talking about was planning a life without Big Jeff, right? Like most of the media, most of what we've talked about outside of like one episode where we talk about, you know, what's more important, a defensive tackle or your rookie franchise quarterback or this or that. It's always been we all expect 90% Big Jeff's going to be back. So it doesn't – I don't see I, – I, you're not the first person to ask that that I saw today, but – I don't see that general question having any sort of reason behind it other than we are just programmed to ask a question as generic as that in sports talk radio, because it, why would it change anything? What could it possibly change other than maybe, okay, here you go. Here's what nobody wants to talk about. Maybe this means Kevin Byard's getting traded or cut, or he's going bye-bye for that number three overall pick. That's the only thing. Now, instead of Big Jeff being a possibility in there, now it's Kevin Byard. Maybe that's the only thing I could see that change. Yeah, I think it just, it changes the way you evaluate your depth chart a little bit more long-term. Um, you know, it may, you can prioritize corner or safety to your point if you want to trade Kevin Which Byard. Which we're going to do anyway, you right. know? Like, 
like the, the defensive line feels pretty set because you've yeah, taken nobody was talking about the drafting Mozzie Smith in the, no. <laughs> the first or second round. You know, nobody's talking about, uh, you know, could they should they trade back for uh, Kalijah Kansi? You know, nobody's talking about anything <laughs> like that. Oh, PJ Mustafer could be a steal in the sixth round. No, we nobody yeah, was. Those- Nobody's been talking about defensive tackle prospects or than hot read podcasts for whatever reason just put out like here's my top 10 defensive interior defenders and I'm well, thinking, it's no well, it's more than, it's more than just like draft strategy just is just like the first one that came to mind it's more about yeah. like everything else that, that it affects and it, yeah, it, it does, affects it, a lot more there's nothing to me that affects in the draft that that's how I feel okay well then what what is the biggest impact of the the where is the the impact of this contract felt elsewhere? In the Titans organizational strategy. Oh man. I don't know because like it's kind of like do you remember when the Panthers last year were like they're they're doing a fire sale and they want to get rid of everybody and they're like, No, we want to keep, you know, Brian Burns, we want to keep DJ Moore, we want to keep this guy, that guy, because we're not we're not really tearing it down. We are we are we want we need pieces to build around, right? Because I kept saying, why would they trade away all these pieces? Then they're going to have nobody to build around. And if you are, what this says about the organization, the structure, is that this is not a teardown. And we've been saying that, whether people have listened to us before now or not, totally different. But this is a sign that says, hey, regardless of where you think we are at, we are building around Jeffrey Simmons. We are building around our young stud players and we are not letting them go via trade, via their contract ran out and heading to free agency, cutting them. We are keeping these guys in-house that have shown that they are like two-tone blue through and through. All right. Is there any angle, is there any other angle you want to discuss about Jeffrey Simmons specifically the contract, his future, the Tennessee Titans defensive line still being probably one of the best in the AFC, probably the best in the AFC South. Again, trading Bud Dupree for Arden Key, bringing back Harold Landry, developing Rashad Weaver. Dianico Autry is now freed up to play alongside Jeffrey Simmons for the foreseeable future. What Anything else that is Jeffrey Simmons specific before I tell a little story here? Well, I, I think this, this, um, this from Brucker Norse on YouTube. Don't know what the cap situation is, but does Big Jeff's signing prevent any big free agency moves this offseason? So here's the good thing that we'll get into that kind of leads into what you're going to talk about. When you do an extension, and this is for Brucker and even anybody else, because I got this question numerous times. And if you could subscribe to stackintheinbox.com, only $4 a month, you would know the answer to this question. That's okay. I'm I'm always willing to teach to hopefully promote someone to go spend four dollars a month and 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 subscribe. It's it's half a cup of coffee. Half stacking the inbox com, which is insane to say. By the way, it's a half know, a cup. Of coffee. Uh, half my a my wife used to go to Starbucks all the time, and it is now like persona non grata in this house that we are yep. going to Starbucks. It's so outrageous. Anyway. What happens in an extension typically, nine times out of 10, you could almost say 9.9 times out of 10, is that they take a lot, some of the base salary of the current year contract, and they turn that into a signing bonus and then spread that signing bonus out over the term the, over the term of the contract. Now, a signing bonus can only be prorated over a five-year span. So that means there is no void years coming for this contract. Initially, because if they restructure something, they can't. Right, right, right. But that means that his $10.7 million that he has as a cap hit in 2023 is going to lower. Now, that could lower to $5 million, could lower to $7 million. So you're actually going to gain 3 to $5 million in cap space some way, somehow, off of this extension. And then next year, your cap hit goes up. If you look at the A.J. Brown... Uh, extension, which we're going to be talking about. But when he initially signed his, uh, I think he was initially owed $2 million in base salary. And what they did, that went down to 900K in base salary. And then everything else got prorated over the signing boat. So he was 
minimal cap hit last year. I don't remember what the cap hit was last year. Maybe like three, two to three million. 5.6. It was 5.6 last year? Yep. Uh, I know this year it is $8 million. So even in in the first year of the extension, still a low cap hit. So Jeff Simmons probably more than likely will still be a low cap hit next year when the Titans have over $100 million in cap space. So this year, does there is no big free agent move left anyway, but this does gate give you extra spending money off this extension. That, that was going to be my first thought, is I'm not sure what else would be construed as a, I mean, again, Odell Beckham no, just No, Frank got, Clark is still out there. That's that's a good point. I mean, you know, maybe, there are there's a few guys that are kind of like waiting till after the draft, it seems. But like, if you told me that Frank Clark was going to be joining this uh, rotational defensive end rotation and on this defensive line, it is, I don't know how people are going to score points against Titans. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, again, A.J. Brown's cap hit goes up to $27 million in 2024, but then they have an out after the 2024 season, so which is, would have been two years of an extension um, on top of the the fifth year there, or the fourth year, I guess I should say, 2022, which was this past season. So um, I, I, I tend to agree with you. There's not a huge free agent name out there. Odell Beckham just got whatever it was, $18 million guaranteed from, from Baltimore, which to me is a bunch of signals. It is signals that we've all been right, that this wide receiver class is not that special. It's a signal that Lamar Jackson is not really leaving. Um, that those are some of the, the, if you want to read the tea leaves kind of things with Odell Beckham, but there's not really big names out there left. So I don't think it affects them now. And we know how much cap space they have following this season. Um, it does. So here's what happened. And I guess I'll start this, this, this AJ Brown part of the conversation, because I think I saw the contracts and the first thing I thought was, man, that's almost identical to AJ Brown's contract. Basically, uh, AJ Brown, four years, 100 million, 23 million guaranteed at signing or uh, at signing bonus, 57 million guaranteed, virtually identical to the contract that Jeffrey Simmons is going to get. So my thought process it is not the Titans had to choose. My thought process was, is that John Robinson thought he had to choose between those two guys. Hey, we've got to invest in one of these two guys now. So I threw out that tweet on Friday afternoon, you know, whenever the, the, this the the salary contract news was broken by Teron and by Jeffrey and the news came out and I kind of threw that out there. I immediately was contacted by somebody inside the Titans building saying that my tweet was exactly correct. Now, that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean that they did truly feel that they had to choose between the two and Zach you're going to debunk that myth here momentarily. Um and that that a- Amy Adams Strunk is largely involved in every one of these decisions. That, and I don't think this is all new news. I think we all felt that John Robinson was, he goes, man, I got to pick between Brown and, and Simmons. And while that's not the correct calculus, I do think the right decision is Simmons. If you're asking me, you know, go, you know, Hey, you only can have one. You can spend a hundred million on one of these two guys. Which one do you want? I would prefer to draft the, I would prefer to sign the defensive tackle than the wide receiver. That's my personal opinion. Um, I'm, I'm okay with people that think the wide receiver is more valuable. The market certainly might even dictate well, that. Offense is just more valuable in general to, Probab- to the success probably. of your team. Probably. And, but again, it's just, I, I, it's just I, been proven by data, but yeah, probably. I think elite defensive tackles are harder to find than elite wide receivers. So well, that's, I, I agree, that's but I don't think they matter as much as elite wide receivers do. And that and that might be the calculus, right? Like that is the 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 moving levers that you're trying to settle on if you're the Titans. Um, but it but it clearly struck a, a chord with somebody inside the building. And what I what I'm struggling with is, and I want you to kind of lay this out, Zach. Why financially, the, the, these weren't this wasn't a choice of one or the other. Financially, this was not a AJ Brown or Jeffrey Simmons decision financially. But if Amy Adams Strunk and John Robinson were aligned. And together on the negotiations with AJ Brown and knew all the details. Um, I'm not putting Mike Vrabel in that conversation. I think he's involved in most every decision. I don't, you know, we've seen the draft reaction footage and we probably, we have a guess that he didn't love the idea of, tra- of trading AJ Brown away. But if they're all aligned, my brain starts to think, Zach, that there had to be something else. There has to be some other thing that was baked into this thought process than just money because. Zach, tell us why exactly this is not a financial decision of one or the other. So we talked about the cap hit, right? I mean, uh, 
AJ's brand, AJ Brown's cap hit uh, was 5.6 last year. So that was last year. So you, when you initially do the deal, it's $5.6 million, which um, I believe was slightly lower. It may be slightly higher, but I believe it's slightly lower, just slightly than what he was going to be, be getting. But that's regardless. We're talking about like yeah. a million either way. Um, so they only had to pay out in cash $24.2 million up front. So that is the base salary and the signing bonus up front. They didn't have to pay anything else last year. So if the Titans are technically getting this deal, and let's say it is this deal, it's $24.2 million max for A.J. Brown. Okay, last year. This year, that number is $12 million um, going to him in 2023. That's okay? cash. So yeah. That's cash. And then we, because we talked about the cap hit, the cap hit would be what? Combined eight, eight, this eight year? Three. Yeah. No, I'm talking about combined this year would be like worst case scenario, $15 million for the two of them, which is ridiculous. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. which is ridiculous to think about that you could get those two players, A.J. Brown, the second year's contract, and Jeffrey Simmons technically still not in his extension yet for a combined $15 million. Okay, so we know the cap hit wasn't the issue. Okay, so they could afford the cap hit. And then you're talking about, are you, you're talking about what, $25 million for Jeffrey Simmons in cash? Added to the twelve million dollars in cash, and you already have thirty. You're already thirty first in cash. You're paying out among the NFL teams before the Jeffrey Simmons contract. That twelve million will put you at thirty or twenty nine because you didn't really spend a lot of cash this year in free agency. So now maybe that would have been different if if John Robinson had signed AJ Brown, he'd probably still have his job. So maybe that would be a little bit different. Maybe we'd be in a different cap situation because we don't have someone yeah. like Rand Carthon making sound free agent decisions. So they can afford the cash. They could have always afforded the cash and they can always afforded the cap hits and they could have always afforded both. The people who said that A to Z sports said they did shows and they said that, you know, that you can't afford both and it would be so much cash. Let me tell you something. I think A to Z has gotten better in understanding the cap with the addition of Sam Phelan. But the radio people, the the A to Z, nobody has understood better the cap than me and Mike and me and Mike and Lebowski and me, Mike and you and Lebowski, you know, because I'll take four. I'll take fourth place. I'm good. Over the course of it all. (laughs) Nobody's understood. And we've been saying they can afford both. You have to understand how cash flow works. You have to understand how cap hit works. And at the time, I told everybody they could afford it both. It's never been either or. Never. Yeah, and I and I think that so if because but we, if John we, Robinson thinks that he was an idiot. Well, well, this is the, this is the key, and and I would I I don't think John Robinson and Amy Adams Strunk are separate individuals in the AJ Brown decision. I think they're together on everything. So if you're going to give blame to to John, then I think blame goes to Amy. But what I will say is, and, and worst case scenario, if you get both deals done, you're talking 25, 26, $28 million cap hits in 2024 for both players. But the idea then is, is you have a lot of contracts that have come off the books. You have a ton of space. Maybe even a rookie contract for a quarterback. That is how wasn't you wasn't a lot business. of foresight in this, I feel which is like. which is how you do business in the NFL is spend money on big star pieces around your rookie quarterback contract, which again, in theory, could be what takes place in 2024, two years from now, when Jeffrey Simmons cap hit probably goes way up, when AJ you Brown's still could cap have done hit goes it way with up. a $36.6 million cap hit, Ryan Tannehill, and a $15 million cap hit, right. Derek Henry. You still could have afforded both. I, That's I, always been my issue. I think here's the other part of this. And again, the the part that makes me that I don't have answers to, and I've asked this question of a lot of different people is there's not a real clear story on any other factors about AJ Brown playing into this, because if it's not financial, which I don't think it is. And AJ Brown has said his side of the story and everybody else on the Titans have said their side of the story. And we've had reporting on both sides. Like the truth is in the middle somewhere. And the reality is, is there could be other things that are involved with the A.J. Brown thing, whether it was the knee, whether it was personality, whether it was attitude, whether it was fit in the scheme, whether it was just, it could be anything. 
And we, we know that some people just don't work with other people. I, I, I don't know why at that price point you can't figure it out, but I'm just, right. I'm just throwing, I'm, this is all hypothetical. I'm not reporting any of this. I'm just saying that if the money is this easily figured out and John Robinson and Amy Adams drunk didn't see that, that is a major mistake. And you're right. That is why the owner doesn't fire herself. She fires the guy, yeah. the general manager. And that's why he's not here. I, I just, am, I, we may never know the truth, but it feels like there's other things here because again, AJ Brown probably could have gotten part of the contract negotiation was probably the same reason Jeffrey Simmons took the money in Tennessee, no income tax. Your money goes farther in Tennessee than it does even in Philadelphia in the state of Pennsylvania. So um, other than like teams in, you know, Texas and Florida, there's not many that can, can do the, 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 the no state income tax thing, which means your money goes further. And we've seen NFL players tweet about that. So it has, it's definitely a factor. You know, who's the guy? <laughs> Is it Tredavious White? Who was the, the Buffalo Bills player? Who's like, I wish half my money didn't go to the state <laughs> yeah. or, or something like that. So I, I don't know. It, it will be studied for years. What happened with the AJ Brown thing? Um, I, I just it, it, think about this team right now going into this season with those two big contracts. And if you can make it work financially, then I feel like you could have made it work with other pieces, if that makes sense. You definitely could have. It was a ridiculous. It was a ridiculous notion when it was proposed before AJ Brown got traded, right? I mean, like that was the notion all through the 2021 season when AJ Brown extension came up, came up, and um, Jeffrey Simmons extensions. You know the possibilities all through the 2021 season was this ridiculous notion that this team couldn't afford both players. Because and it, what it boiled down to is that at the time, this team didn't know how to handle negotiations. And to me, that's that's where it's at. You see it in the article from Big Jeff last summer. This is before the or after the AJ Brown trade, where he is being told, "Well, we're just got to figure out where we can find the cash." You're an NFL team that I can yeah. help you find yeah. the cash, and. To me, that that goes back into the AJ Brown thing, and sure, we've heard both sides, and I agree that everything's in the middle. But it sounds like to me, from piecing what I can together, is that a the Titans came in too low. It hurt AJ Brown's feelings. His agent didn't uh, do his job correctly in trying to explain certain things to AJ and relay to AJ. And his agent was like, well, if they're going to hit us that low, I'm not going to even try. Or let's hit them really high, right. and then I'm not going to even try and negotiate. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like to me that there were egos on the Titans side of things, and there were egos on A.J. Brown side of things. And in the end, no, I don't think really anybody won other than A.J. Brown's wallet. And Jalen yep. Hurts' wallet, I guess. I was going to say, and, 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 and the Eagles fans. I, I think the, the key here is, I mean... I mean, you're probably going to – there'll be some random independent Nashville film company that's going to do a 30 for 30 on A.J. Brown's career here um, in, like, 2052, and, and and that I'm sure it'll be great. But the bottom – like, we, we kind of have to move on at some point. And the only reason it's come up today is because it I do – like, I got reaction from the Titans on 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 this thing and that, that Simmons and A.J. Brown's contracts are virtually identical. And I think that John Robinson thought that he couldn't do both. And for whatever reason that they couldn't get get them both done. And um, here, Jeff, I, I do think between the two, as we've argued already, I'd rather have Simmons. I'm okay with somebody saying they'd rather have Brown. That's just my personal opinion. Again, I'd rather have Simmons. Um, I think he does is a more important piece for this particular team with this particular coaching staff. Uh, Rand Carthon got the deal done. So no more panicking about inability to get contracts signed. No more panicking about not having the finances to pay good players big money. Can't worry about that anymore. Like, there's a lot of things that this puts to bed because it's a new regime making the decisions. And I think you can walk away from this feeling very confident in the direction of your franchise while also still allowing yourself to stew about AJ Brown if you want to, if you want to. But that's up to you and your life. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm so anxious to see how this this contract is is constructed because I, I'm interested to know when the out is, what it looks like compared to other extensions that have came through from the Tennessee Titans. I'm just interested to see 
Carthon's negotiating style and the way that he's been spending money. Now this is his first big purchase, right? This is your first big investment, your big purchase. And I'm interested to see how he handled it. I also never understood the tie between this, this, the, the free agent class that the Titans signed and ownership, not having money. I never understood that, that connection because they didn't have a ton of cap space and there wasn't well, a lot did of did at the, when, when it initially opened, I mean, they sure. were top 10, I believe, or top, at least top 15. Sure. But then that means they spent a bunch of it because they're like 31st now, you know, according to you, according to you. So I like I just what I mean is is that they weren't doing making those decisions to bring in Arden Key and Al Shair and Dillard and the class that they brought in. They weren't to me, they weren't doing that because they were worried about Amy Adams' strunk bank account. Like that was never that was not one to one. It's a to piss me, poor free agency class, right? It, I mean, like yes, we spent all year, yes. everybody in the entire national football league, everybody that covers the team, whether you are doing a Bengals podcast or doing a you know the the NFL wake up good morning football. Everybody has talked about how underwhelming and trash this free agency class is. And all fans have wanted to do was slam the Tennessee Titans for not spending enough money on trash. Right. Like if you need this yeah. team to, to, to buy some trash, just go outside and, and find and find some trash and pick it up off the road, bring it inside your house because that's his free agency class. May, Mayor Cooper would be excited if someone went around picking up trash. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it's it's a to me it was sp they spent two chunks of cash, one on a left tackle and one on a defensive end to fill Taylor Lewan and Bud Dupree spot, two very expensive players and pieces of any football roster. And then they used very efficient funds to find players that they think are extra motivated to, to for playing time that are, that Ron Rand Carthon is very familiar with. I just I just thought it was a garbage for agent class and thrifty shopping with a lower salary cap situation than they will have next year when they could in theory spend a bunch of money if they want to. Um, and and Rand went through and cut all the contracts he could to get a bunch of money off the books. Like I, I just don't still at least one more move in these contract situations. I am still thoroughly convinced that one of Tannehill, Derek Henry, and Kevin Byer will not be on this team next year. I I tend to agree that two of those three the team would like to move on from. <laughs> that is that is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I think we all agree Derek Henry's number one on the list. I think we can yeah. all agree. That unfortunately, while no one wants to see it, that it is the smartest move if of those three is to move on from Derrick Henry. Um, okay. Um, all right. Uh, Adam Schefter reports that six teams, by the way, Sinkers, Kingston Group, our two great sponsors. Check them out, of course. Sinkers and Kingston Group, uh, number one liquor store in Nashville in 2022, named by the by the, the Nashville scene, of course, for Sinkers. Make sure you sign up for the in crowd. You get access to really cool allocated stuff like this. That is a barrel proof. Bernheim original. I got that only because I'm a part of the in crowd. They sent me an email say, Hey, come, come by and get you a bottle. They're going to have a draft party. We'll put the, the, the link to buy tickets in the YouTube show notes. So please check that out. April 27th doors at six 30 catered by Jasper's open bar, all, all kinds of food, all kinds of great stuff, uh, prize giveaways and, a and, and a private lap dance from Zach Lyons. I've up, I've up, I've up the any from. I I don't think anybody. I think you're going to be getting refund requests from the, <laughs> the people that have bought. Um. So Shefty tweets out that six teams are interested in the Cardinals. Picket, uh, picket number three. Uh. Real, real quickly, like everyone talks about this, the price is changing. It, it says have inquired about the pick three, which could literally be one text from a GM to another GM saying, Hey Monty, what do you think? And Monty's like this. And the guy's like, no, thanks. Like that, that could be the extent of the interest. We don't actually know. Um, so I, what, what do we make of, what does it mean to go up to three and, and mortgage the future on trading up for the number three pick? This is one of the most ridiculous notions. And then every time someone gets in my mentions, uh, notable media members as well that have done it. And I respond with, why is a mortgaging the future crickets? It's like it's just a trendy phrase for some people to throw out there that the Titans would have to give up and mortgage a future. Because I respond back with, well, you're getting your franchise quarterback that everybody said that you can't win without finding a franchise quarterback, which is an improvement for your future. And you're just losing out on maybe two, maybe three players. 
And we're talking about lottery ticket players, right? We're not talking about for sure these two first-round picks that you're giving up in 24 and 2025 because you are doing a pick swap in this this year going up to number three. And a second-round pick next year or, or uh, the year after. Why is that mortgaging the future? You're basically saying this team cannot function without Isaiah Wilson, Caleb uh, Farley, and Christian Fulton. Is essentially what you're saying that it's better to have those two guys and and uh, instead of your free agent, uh, your franchise quarterback, makes no sense. And that's why nobody will ever respond to me when I ask why do you think so? Because their their lot their logic is flawed. They they are coming from a place of emotion because they don't believe in the top three quarterbacks. But that doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. I, uh, so I'll play the role of the, the 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 guy that's responding to you in the in the tweets. Okay, I'll play that role, and I'll say, look, here here's, and a lot of it is to exactly your point, which is how do the Titans actually feel about these guys? Uh, we just we just don't know. They're in, they're talking to Will Levis. They continue to talk to Will Levis, even though we all sort of think eh, I don't know about this. Of Apparently, course they're talking to Will Levis. Of, of course, course, they're talking to Anthony Richardson. Right. You know, the bigger surprises are these offensive linemen that they're talking to. They're all pass blocking offensive linemen. I'm telling you right now, this team is not building around Derrick Henry. If you look at free agency and you look at the people that they are they are interested in in the draft, and Stoney, because me and him were talking, and he was talking about Trevor Reed from Louisville. That dude sucks as a run blocker, but he's a phenomenal athlete and pass blocker, right? That's what the future is now, and you need a franchise quarterback for the future. So my my if I'm playing the role of this particular person, whoever this is, I mean again, fan media, whatever, like arguing on Twitter, like don't mortgage the future for your franchise quarterback. I think it's easy to say, well, if you get the guy, it's the right move. There's no question about that. I think we all kind of agree with that. I think there's inherent risk involved in that, of course, especially if it's not one of your top two or your number one guy. You have to pick your third guy or your second guy, and the odds of all three of them being basically even is pretty small, relatively speaking. I think the key is, is that the general line of thinking is this team, and you don't necessarily disagree with any of this stuff, that this team needs higher level talent across the board. There's too many, there's too many needs, and that next year's quarterback class could be better. Trade back, get next year's picks, and then use those picks to either make your team better or to move up to get uh, the one of the guys next year. If the team is too good for that, then great. <laughs> like, like then you're a good football team. You don't have to worry about it. If the team is bad again and you're in the seven to 12 range, then maybe you've got an extra first round pick or an extra second round pick to go up and get Caleb Williams or Drake may. I think that's the argument, but, but all of that hinges on both of the sides of the argument hinges on your internal evaluation of these players. And what does Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel think about in specific Anthony Richardson? And if oh. they think specifically he's the guy to go up and get, then I'm fine with the strategy. I'll give him a chance. Uh, like I, again, as a guy who makes a living talking about the Titans, I would love to see Anthony Richardson draft, drafted because then it just gives us content for the for the next three and a half years. <laughs> Here's the thing about the the using the argument: this team has a lot of holes. Well, you're only giving up the one pick this year, theoretically. In in all of this stuff, you're you may give up a third. But you're still going to have a second, a fifth, and a sixth, and a seventh. What's the biggest hole on this team? Because if the, the biggest hole on this team is a franchise quarterback, in, I, I in am the, in the future. Right now, in the future, because guess what? Ryan Tannehill is not a franchise quarterback. You have told me this numerous times. So you do not have a franchise quarterback. So what's the biggest hole in the, the roster? Franchise I, quarterback. I, well, yeah, again, long-term, yes. In 2023, no. I think Ryan Tannehill is totally serviceable and wide receiver is a bigger need. Or left tackle. I still think I still think left tackle is a is a need. But that I, I'm willing to give Andre Dillard a chance, and we'll see what happens, and maybe he's the right guy. But, but Okay, so let's say this. Would you rather solve one of those issues in round one or solve your franchise quarterback issue in round one? Uh, franchise quarterback. Okay, yeah, so obviously. franchise quarterback's more important, high priority, Biggest hole. Now you still have your second, your third, your fifth, your sixth, and your seventh. You telling me you can't fill those holes necessary? I think you could do you pretty guess what? good work. You only get one of them anyway in the first round. 
right? So you're still going to have to fill the holes with all these. So I think it's ridiculous that people think you cannot. It's much like paying Jeffrey Simmons. People think, well, you can, if you pay Jeffrey Simmons, how can you afford more people on the offensive line? Yeah, you. it's because you're going to have the future to do it. All right, What what's the... It's almost like you have to have some some percentage in your mind of risk that you're willing to accept to move up and draft a player. Like 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 and I guess my question to you is if you're sitting there next to Rand Carthen and he looks over at you and he goes, "All right, how convinced are you?" And again, we we've all been working in professional football for our entire careers and he looks over at us and he says, "How convinced are you that Anthony Richardson is our starting quarterback for the next 10 years?" And you say, 82%, 96%, 44%. What what is the number? Cuz I I am if you ask me right now what should they do? It is trade back to like 22, stockpile an extra pick next year and maybe two extra ones this year, continue to build, ride with Tannehill cuz you have a starting quarterback this year, see what other salary you can get off the books, take a look at next year's free agent class and stockpile picks and then build for 2024. And I'm that to me is the safest strategy. But I've said that kind of all along i think that's the riskiest strategy uh interesting so give me give me your thought on Here, being it being at number three then well well here's why trading back is risky because you still have not solved your quarterback problem no I, you I, have put yourself in a position to not solve your quarterback problem in 2024 because you're going to be further out if the more picks this team has in 2023 the better they are going to be in 2023, which means the better or the worse their draft position is going to be. So you're going to have to mortgage more for a guy next year to move up instead of just, if you, here's what I believe. If in theory, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Here's what I believe. If, if Frank Carthon looked at me and said, first off, what are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson being a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years? I'd say, I don't have any faith that he's going to be your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, but I do think you got seven good years out of Anthony Richardson coming your way. Okay. And I, as the, that is the appropriate way to look at, you got seven years to build a team and technically probably Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel only have five years to build a team. So your, your, your decision-making is within five years is to say, Hey, I think within five years, Anthony Richardson can, do enough to get you a Super Bowl if you make and build around him appropriately. Okay. So you got five years. Anything other than that, you're probably not making it to the Super Bowl with Anthony Richardson, and you're going to have to start all over anyway because he's not Patrick Mahomes, but he can be a guy that can disrupt for one Super Bowl the other AFC South teams. Yes. Uh, so a couple of things here. Uh, couple interesting points here. Titanic's is not going to happen because Vrabel will be fired if they lose in 2023 and likely it'd replace him with someone better as well. That, that is I not true. That is not true. They're not going to fire him. has been on this, this whole thing. We First love off, you, T. Yeah, but like he's been all, or he or she has been all over this, this thing that they're going to fire him if he loses. Let me tell you something. If Anthony Richardson is your quarterback, you're not losing. If Tannehill is your quarterback, you're not losing. I just don't think that either one of those quarterbacks are going to prevent you from winning a lot of games and enough games in 2023. I, I, I tend to agree. I also think you could trade back, get extra players this year that are going to be very solid members of the team and still be seven and 10 and still have still need another year for those guys to develop, still need another year for last year's draft class to develop. It doesn't automatically translate like boom, like that overnight. Sometimes it can, but sometimes it doesn't. And I think, they could absolutely stockpile draft picks this year, maybe add an extra second for next year, add a bunch of really good players, still finish seven and 10 and still be looking at number 12 next year, go up and get their quarterback, but have a better roster around him in 2024. And then Tannehill rolls off the books. And, you know, like you had a, you had a fun competitive season. You didn't get better, but you got better on the roster. Like I, it, it's it's all kind of gray area and it's all about whether or not they believe that one of these three guys is their guy or not. And that's kind of what we said since the very they, first they time. Obviously, I, I feel like all the signs have pointed from all the rumors that we've heard that they believe in the top three quarterbacks. 
Yeah, and then they're questioning themselves. They're just they're doing diligence on Levis, I guess, is what they're doing. Unless he's I mean, that's three. what you have to do, right? You have yeah. to do you have to show interest. If you're gonna show interest in one quarterback or the top three quarterback, you still have to show interest in the other ones just in case you don't get your guy and someone wants to trade up with you because they're afraid that maybe you are gonna take their guy. I, I so and Trey says this. They've said nothing. They've said nothing but love and support for Tannehill while leaving the door open for a trade. I think that's what's been interesting is they have done nothing but say the right things about Tannehill, and he's clearly their starting quarterback until he's for not. Yeah. <laughs> until he's not, and they could extend him at any point and and make all this moot, and they're not. And that's because they are interested in potentially trading up to get a draft a quarterback and sit him behind Tannehill or trade Tannehill and get some picks back for him. So they could also walk away from him as well. So um, we, we shall see. Um, I, I will say quickly here on the unpredictability of the draft uh, sinkers and the Kingston group are two great, amazing local sponsors. Make sure you go check them out again, tickets to our draft party. All the money is going to go to charity open bar uh, catered by Jaspers. Zach's going to be there doing all kinds of cool stuff for you guys. we got giveaways. We got, oh, it's going to be fun. Is, uh, what are you signing me up for? I, I'm just coming in to hang out. I'm just that's that's all that that's all you need to do. You're the talent, man. Just show up and 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 tell jokes. Just another pretty face. That's all you are. Just, just another pretty face. Um uh we'll put the we'll put the link in the show notes, so make sure you check that out. But we're not posting it out there on the socials. We just want those of you who are watching the show and listening to the show to have an opportunity. So it'll be in the show notes on the podcast and it'll be in the, the YouTube page as well. So you have to have listened to the show to come hang out with us. And again, only like 17 slots left. Uh, for that Thursday night coming up in uh, over two weeks. Um, most unpredictable draft we can remember. We've been saying this. It's going to make su- for a super fun top 10 picks. A lot of drama could take place that night, which is why you want to be hanging out with us. Uh, but is that a good thing? Is that a good thing for the Titans, or is that a bad thing for the Titans that it could be completely batshit crazy the first 10 picks? Well, it depends on if they want a quarterback. But <laughs> if they don't want a quarterback, it could be absolutely awesome for the Tennessee Titans, because what's going to happen is that players that you weren't expecting to fall are going to fall. And where that means the Tennessee Titans want to draft someone like a Christian Gonzalez or a Jalen Carter or something like that, more than likely it gives them the opportunity to trade back and still get their guy. And that is why it's a good thing for the Tennessee Titans. I, I love the idea of them just sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting and having like the three of their favorite guys still on the board, like Jackson Smith, and Jigba still there. Darnell Wright is still there. There's some pass rusher they still I'm like. Good Joey... Darnell Wright. Don't need any name searchers. We already got Monty <laughs> Rice out there doing that. We know dick eaters on the Tennessee Titans. Um, that's a joke. Go look at the internet. Um, let's just say hypothetically, these there's th- there's you know their best one of their favorite tackles, one of their favorite linemen, one of their favorite edge rushers, one of their favorite corners. Their top receivers all there, and all they got to do is trade back to sixteen. And they get like an extra third round pick out of the deal, and they still get to draft the guy they want. Like, I think they're in a good spot if it goes bananas in the top 10. And I think it's going to be crazy. I think if if four quarterbacks go in the top 10, isn't that good good for the Titans? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always was going to be good for the Titans unless, you know, they wanted a franchise quarterback. Then it's right, right. really bad because Hidden Hooker <sighs> is not a franchise quarterback. I still can't tell. You said you think they, they're convinced on three of them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they're convinced on two. What if all four of them fall? <laughs> That'd be kind of crazy. But I, I will say this: the, um, the I think they're they would not be heavily aggressively pursuing trades if they did not believe in the top three. Anthony Richardson, number one to Carolina. C.J. Stroud, number C.J. Stroud, number two to Houston. Bryce Young, number three to the Titans. I'd be, listen, I'd be, ultimately, me I'd be okay with either one of those three quarterbacks at number three. Uh, sign me up, man. I'm good. Um, again, you can't mortgage the future if you get a franchise quarterback. You just, you just can't. You, you just you can't. Can, it's, 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 you're investing in a, what'd you say, a mutual fund, a, mutual fund. a traditional <laughs> IRA. I mean, yes, you're, 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 you're investing e- in yeah. your future. Yes, Bryce Young is the T stock. Literally the opposite of mortgaging your future, by the way. Bry- Bryce Young is the the T stock before the Fed uh, up the interest rate, and um, Anthony Richardson is a little bit more of a day a, a penny stock day trader. <laughs> so yeah. It's a little bit more risky, but it's still an investment, and it potentially could hit big. Um, so, so there you go. I, I, I'm just looking forward to it. Again, go to come, come to the draft party. We're going to do a contest for the top ten picks, and whoever gets the closest, whoever's the most accurate on the top ten picks in our at the party. 
is going to get something some some pretty cool stuff. And uh, so just it, it's it's just going to be a wild night. It's going to be wild first ten picks, and I think it's going to benefit the Titans. And I think they trade back. I'm I am I am more and more and more onto the trade back. If they pick, I'm good with Jackson Smith and Jig. But as we told you, and we were in agreement last week on the show. So uh, there any other draft musings you got? What you got coming up on the? Um, on the stacking the inbox, stacking the inbox.com football and other F words. What other, what other things are stuck up there in the old noggin? Well, uh, I got a, I, I got, uh, Marvin Mims doing a profile on him tomorrow. Today was Zay flowers. And I, a lot of people have been saying Steve Smith for Zay flowers when I think he's more Brandon cooks than okay. Steve Smith, okay. uh, which is a good thing for this team. Technically, it, he does fit a need, but he has to play on the outside. I'm at this point right now where the Tennessee Titans cannot allocate resources to a slot-only wide receiver. So you have to, at, at, at the high end of the draft, okay? So if you're going to invest later on in the draft in a slot-only wide receiver, you better have your other outside wide receiver opposite Traylon Burks because they do not have that right. They do not have an outside receiver opposite Traylon Burks. So if if you feel as a team that Zay Flowers can only play the slot, which likely, yes, but there is the possibility for him to play outside. Like Brandon Cooks is the outlier, Steve Smith before him, Santana Moss before him. Like it kind of comes in like five-year spurts. So maybe this is the fifth year for the for that. So, but a guy I can't shake that I it's been driving me nuts and it's been up in my head and I've been shifting how I'm going to write this series. Cause you know, yesterday I tweet out one thing and now today I'm like, I'm finishing up Marvin Mims and I still got this guy in my head and I can't shake it. Jaden Reed. I, he, the, the beast kind of confirmed my notions. Uh, Dane Brugler's the beast. He has him as number 10. So he's a top 10 wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, I can't shake that Jaden Reed is going to be a Tennessee type. He can okay. play out. He's tall enough to play outside. He's athletic enough to play outside. He can also play inside, but he can also return punts. He has a good college dominator rating. He's improved every year with Michigan State. I know last year's box score stats don't look as good, but stuff was going on in Michigan State that wasn't, no one was looking good for Michigan State's offense last year. Dude, dude can run. Yeah, I there's just something about it. he's at the senior bowl. That's something else to take into account that he was at the senior bowl. Yep. I I know that people like Tyler Scott, and I'm with you on Tyler Scott. I feel like, you know, I don't know where Jaden Reed's gonna fall. Is he gonna be there in the fifth round? He's not the solution, but he could be part of the solution for the Tennessee Titans offense. And I, I just have this feeling that he's gonna be a Tennessee Titan. I don't I don't know why that. I don't even know if they've met with him. I don't think they even met with him or shown interest. It's just something that's in my head that's like Jaden well, Reed, Tennessee tight. They, well, they have to draft two of them. Like, yeah, if, if, they, if they're not they absolutely get, have to. Right. So you got you're going to have to get somebody probably with the first, second, or third round pick, and then probably you have to get a value player at the back end somewhere, whether that's Scott or Reed or somebody else. I think both Scott and Reed could go up higher than than fourth or fifth round, but we'll see. Um, we shall see that receivers, when they start going off the board, they start going off the board fast. And there can be a lot of teams like the Titans planning on taking one in the second round. And then all of a sudden the run happens and all of a sudden like eight of them are off the board by the end of the second round or something crazy like that, because none of them went in the first round. Like it's just a very weird, small yeah. draft class for wide receivers. I kind of think that they're going to fall. A little, I think it's very similar to 2017. I think there's like a few guys you're going to see in the first round. And then all of a sudden you're going to see Juju Smith, Schuster, Cooper cup, and all these guys fly off the board in the third round. Okay, I, that would be good news for the Titans if they could get one of their guys, one of their top five, six, seven, eight guys in the third round. There's that a lot be- of guys that I feel. There's at least ten wide receivers that I feel like can come in and make an impact for the Tennessee Titans in some way or another. You know, uh, as far as you know where they're at, and that's who I'm writing about. I'm not writing about Jordan Addison because I think Jordan Addison is good, but I really just don't like Jordan Addison. There's yeah, something and, about him that I'm just not into, and I'm just like, I just really don't want him. I mean, Quentin Johnson's very borderline for me as well. Like, I, I, I would rather have Jordan Addison than Quentin Johnston. Um, and I'd rather, but I would rather have, 
I'm not taking either one of them in the first round. So right. Um, Kenneth Kenneth said uh, top five scenarios: trade up for quarterback, draft JSN, draft Paris Johnson, trade down, trade up for JSN. We've gone through a lot of that. Check out last Thursday's episode. We're also going to have an episode. I, I, we actually ranked all those on football and other efforts too. If you're looking specifically for my opinion. Check out football and other efforts stack in the inbox. We're going to have eventually a show, probably the week of the draft, where we actually give you our top, our big board, and actually lay out the exact players that we like the most and strategies that we like the most again, because it does evolve over time as we learn new information about what they are doing, the Titans, new information about players. Uh, probably closer to the draft, probably closer to m- Monday of the draft. <laughs> okay, so Monday. I mean, I, gave, I didn't know this, so I got to write this down. That's two weeks. That's two weeks away. That's two weeks away. So we're, we still got time. Yeah. We still got plenty of time. Um, of course, uh, tickets to the Sinkers 440 draft party on April 27th in Wedgwood, Houston. Limited invite only. It is down there in the show notes for the YouTube. So make sure you check that out, of course. Uh, and uh, if join the in crowd, Sinkers, again, you have access to really awesome things like this. You get a barrel proof pick from Bernheim. Only 10 of them in the state of Tennessee. Got me one right there because I'm in the in crowd. They sent me an email. I went and got it. Uh, they got lots of cool stuff if you sign up for them. And of course, Kingston Group, buildkg.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Uh, make sure you just have a conversation with them before you make any decisions about your house, and they will help you out, even if you don't give them any money, Zach. That's how good they are to people. They just help people out. We do appreciate oh, like them. Uh, turn, on, turn on all of the notifications, football and other efforts, stacking the inbox. Uh, of course.com all the other great shows from the 440 sports network from broadway sports media as well for zach i am brayden thank you guys for hanging out for all you great listeners we love you guys thank you we'll talk to you on thursday this has been a football show 